We, the people, Congress shall make no law. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is Bullet Points on Vinyl Draft Radio. And now, your host, Tony Ashcraft. Welcome to Bullet Points on Vinyl Draft Radio. I'm your host, Tony Ashcraft. In the studio with me today, Joanna Wilson of Patriot Defense. Hello. And an extra special guest live and in studio, <laughs> Officer Gary Work of the Webster Police Department. How's it going? Gary, thanks for being with us. Yeah, sure. uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about some different things. We're going to get with Gary, and, uh, and uh, he's going to... He's going to talk about his career. He's been in law enforcement for quite some time. So uh, we're going to talk uh, gun ownership, uh, gun safety, and uh, CHL carrying, all kinds of things as it pertains to uh, civilians carrying and, uh, and guns as we interact uh, with law enforcement, what's safe, what's not. So Gary's going to share his experiences and, uh, and his opinions with us. And, uh, but first, before we get to that, um, to the firing line. So uh, a couple of things. One, this last week, and we've been ripping on uh, Dick's Sporting Goods for quite some time, and this week's going to be no exception. Uh, these knuckleheads and all their infinite wisdom decided, uh, you guys remember, they decided that uh, they took it upon themselves to up their policy for long gun purchases from 18 to 21. So, okay, yeah, maybe we can live with that. You're, you're a company. If you think you know better than the rest of the adults out there, then that's fine. Um, but uh, then they decided to stop selling AR-15s, which I really didn't understand. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure why you would do that. But now they have said that they are going to destroy all of their old AR-15s, or their unsold AR-15s, I should say, which to me seems like just... Crazy. Yeah, crazy, yeah. just ridiculous. So I wonder, um, you know, we, uh, we were all kind of chit-chatting in the green room uh, before the show, and... Uh, you know, if you're a Walmart, let's say you're, you're a department store, and you know, you've got groceries, you've got clothes, you've got TVs, you've got tennis shoes, you've got whatever. You've got a whole bunch of stuff, and you sell a few AR-15s. And you think, well, you know what, AR-15s, not really our deal. We're not going to sell them anymore. I, I kind of get that. I kind of get that. But probably if wouldn't sp- hurt them that bad either. No, probably not at all. Probably yeah. not at all. But if you're a sporting goods store... That's what you sell? You're going to take that off your shelf because you don't like the gun? I mean, think about this. Um, AR-15s, uh, I guess a lot of folks out there that, that aren't gun owners, that aren't uh, Second Amendment enthusiasts. Um, uneducated. Right, uneducated, would, would assume that, um, you know, AR-15s, that hunting and AR-15s don't really go together. And in a lot of cases, they don't necessarily do. There are some, I hunt with an AR-15. And I have hunted with an AR-15 yeah. as well. I there, also. Yeah, there, there are some game you can hunt with an AR-15, some you can't. But I think these people, um, by and large, parse it out to you either have an AR-15 for shooting stuff and you know mass school shootings, and your hunting gun is always the bolt-action rifle because, again, they don't know. Okay. They don't separate the two. So I say all that to say this, that if you are a sporting goods store and you take a section or a style of weapon off your shelf because you don't want to sell it, 
you're taking away a lot from your customers because all of the things that go around hunting. So Dick Sporting Goods, if you think about it, they sell guns. Okay, let's, let's think about hunting. They gear to the outdoorsman, right? Not the auto mechanic, not the seamstress. Mm-hmm. They're, they're geared to the outdoorsman. So, so you got handguns, you got long guns, you got scopes, scope covers, gun cases, grips, ammunition, scope mounts, slings, boots, camo, hats, coolers, just on and on and on and on. Probably, my guess would be about 80% of what is in a Dick Sporting Goods, an academy, is geared around in some way, uh, secondarily even, to to hunting. It's something that you would not buy if you were not a hunter. Or self-protection right. if you're outdoors. Right. True hiking well. and in the mountains yeah, there, or whatever. Yeah, there's all kinds of, and I don't know why you would, um, I don't know why you would just so overtly uh, crap on your demographic like that. And not only that, but you're going to tick off a lot of your customers just because they're going to see it as an attack against the NRA or the Second Amendment, even if it's not per se, but that's the way they're going to view it. And they'll just boycott the business just for that reason. Yeah, yeah and that, that's a very good point. And I think it'll be interesting to see how many companies end up bankrupt after these decisions that they've made. No, I agree with you 100. percent That's uh, that's what I was uh, alluding to. Is that banks, Bank of America and Citibank, Citibank. saying that they're not going to finance people. Yeah. That are firearm owner manufacturers. Yeah. All of these folks coming out and, and just being so uh, just so in your face against yeah. firearm ownership. And, OK, I get it. You know, your company, you run your business. Joanna runs a business. I run a business. We make our own rules. But at the same time, you have to you have to respect you have to recognize what your demographic is. What is it you're selling? Well, the, and this world can be full of love with guns. Yeah. Guns do not make it evil. No, no. People people acting. That's the biggest thing. Like, I am a fantastic human being, too. I love people. You know, I have friends and family. I love them. And I love to shoot. (laughs) And it doesn't make me an evil person. That's right. That's right. Well, people, you know, it's the old uh, let's impress it on the object thing instead of the person. But Mm -hmm. you guys, you know, as far as the Dick Sporting Goods and for that matter, uh, any other company out there that refuses to do business, um, you know, that, that does not embrace the Second Amendment, especially sporting goods places, I would tell you you know, your response would be don't get on Facebook and, and write a little paragraph because nobody cares. What I will tell you is do don't not buy don't, from them. Don't right? buy from them. Don't spend a dime in there. Don't take your kid for a pair of tennis shoes. Make them feel it. Don't buy a soccer ball. Don't buy a bicycle. Don't spend a dime. Don't even look at the store when you drive past it. <laughs> um, there's a big old Dick Sporting Goods. It's not too far from yeah. here. And, and I've been I mean, in there one time and didn't spend any money. Yeah, I ain't never been there. I ain't never going back. I'll tell you right now, this ain't happening. But yeah, don't don't spend any money in there. Mm-hmm. You got to show them because that's what hurts them. You know, we can protest and we can we can get pissed off and we can talk about it on Facebook and we can talk about it on on Twitter and we can talk about it here on the radio. But until they feel it in their wallet, that's what's going to make them react. Exactly. And we uh, we can make them feel it. So. We absolutely can. So if you're not a fan of the AR-15, the AR-15 is not your thing. You're just a, a bolt gun hunter, or even a bow hunter. Even if you're a bow hunter, don't spend your money in there because anything they have can be had on the internet, yeah. cheaper. Or like Joanna said last week from a local gun store, 
Um, yeah. We yep. carry about 30,000 SKUs. I know that, that Joanna at Patriot Defense, I know they carry a ton of stuff over there. <laughs> There's nothing that they have. Well, we can build you a custom one. So Exactly. Exactly. We can do it better and cheaper and uh, better quality. Yeah, better <laughs> quality. And um, just, you know, don't, don't support those guys. They're not supporting you. Why would you want to support them? Mm-hmm. Why yep. would you want to support them? Don't, don't give them a dime. Take your money away. If you can avoid Citibank, avoid Citibank. If you can avoid Bank of America, avoid Bank of America. Just don't. And be real about it. Be real about it, because until those dollars start coming out of their pocket, they're not going to listen. They're not going to listen to protest. They're not going to listen to your rant on Facebook. Doesn't care because it doesn't really affect them. It's just people. Shut those bank accounts down. That's right. Shut your bank account down and and move it to someplace else. And tell them when you shut it down, why are you closing your account? Because you guys don't like the Second Amendment. Goodbye. Yeah. Done. Done. And I would do it. I, I don't bank at Bank America or, or Citibank, but if I did, I think even if it cost me a couple of bucks just in the name of standing up for what I believe, I would prove it. I, w- I would take the hit financially mm-hmm. and, and move someplace else just yeah. not to give them any money. Because when you, when you don't affect them financially, what's the opposite of, of, of doing that? You're supporting them financially. You know, if you still let your money flow in there, and remember, they're they're a big store. These stores like this, and and, and the, the Citibank, Bank of America, they're they're huge. They're all over the place. They were so were they a, bailed out right eight years well, ago or so. Oh, a couple of bucks here and a couple of bucks there. There's a lot of people out here that uh, um, that are Second Amendment folks, and uh, you know if everybody if everybody acts in unison and just withdraw from that place, I mean don't. If you're on a mailing list, get off the mailing list. Throw their sale ad in the trash. Don't spend a dime. Take it away from them. Take it away from them and put it somewhere else where somebody supports what you believe in. And if you don't like guns, then get your shit from Dick Sporting Goods. I don't care. <laughs> so, but don't tell me what I can and can't do. That's exactly right. I mean, just it, it just again, it's go cra- get educated and then come talk to me. Right. Yeah. It's just crazy to me that uh, that a sporting goods store would take away guns. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I, it's not uh, not something I can wrap my tiny little brain around. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Um, so on the other side of the break, again, we're going we're gonna to talk to, uh, to Officer Gary Wirt, Webster PD, and uh, he's going to give us some input on some things. But one of the things that um, I wanted to touch on, you know, the Parkland, Florida thing, uh, if you guys remember, you know that a law enforcement had made contact with him prior to the shooting. Um, if we think about the Pulse nightclub shooting, um, also law enforcement had contact with that guy. Uh, the guy that uh, shot up the airport, and that was a few years back, but he had law enforcement also had had contact with him. There, you know, there's a lot of instances that um, that federal law enforcement has either been notified or had direct contact with these individuals that uh, turned out to be absolute bad actors. So, um, you know, I ask myself, what, what is what is the where's the failure why are you know why aren't they doing more um is it that they're overwhelmed could they, they, they want to believe the best in people i don't know right you know it almost seems that way sometimes. doesn't it, it, it right they want to really give them does. the benefit of the doubt versus right because you do i mean yeah i guess you want to you kind of want to trust people but there's a lot of questions that um, that come to mind in all of these situations. Granted, Pulse Nightclub was different than Parkland, Florida. 
Parkland, Florida was different from the airport thing. The airports thing is different from uh, Columbine. And there's the guy that um, uh, the church shooting here in Texas, uh, that guy, law enforcement had contact with, uh, with him as well. Air, that was military. Right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was the Air military. Force that didn't report. Yeah. yeah, so he shouldn't have been able to buy right. So all of these contacts with these the folks, balls. but yeah. yet, mm, I don't know, somehow they, they get through. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, they all, they all have that one thing in common that um, they just, just, just did not come out of nowhere. They were on uh, the radar to some degree. Or another uh, prior to them uh, taking action, and uh, so w- what could be done to uh, to stop that? So we're going to get into that uh, just after the break. Stay with us. I think this will be a uh, a very interesting conversation. Joanna Wilson and Gary Wirt, Webster PD, here on Bullet Points. Stay with us. Kick from that rifle nearly took my shoulder off, but I wasn't about to miss this. We're glad that you stuck around, too. Welcome back to Bullet Points on Vinyl Draft Radio. I'm Tony Ashcraft in the studio. Joanna Wilson of Patriot Defense and Officer Gary Wirt of the Webster Police Department. We were talking before the break about, um, you know, all these mass shooters. And I say all, but, you know, there's four or five that come to mind recently again. Um, uh, Parkland, Florida, Pulse Nightclub, uh, the church here in Texas. And uh, there was a um, uh, shooting in an airport, uh, around an airport, not, uh, not too many years ago. But in looking at all of these and, and doing a little research, they all had one thing in common that really stood out. And that was that all of these actors had made contact with law enforcement prior to acting out. So what is it about that initial contact? Uh, I mean, the guy in Florida, I don't know how many visits he had, a lot. I think it was 30-something. 30 30-something, 30 yeah, 36, 38, something like that. And he had said, you know, in someone's YouTube channel, he, he made a post that, I'm, you know, bas- I, I can't remember, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm going to shoot up a school. Basically just said exactly what he was going to do, and that's exactly what he did. So why not go in and cut this cat off early? Um the guy that just shot the Waffle House up, that dude, was, I think the Secret Service had made contact with him, and uh, he, uh, he was pissed off at the president for something, and, and I heard someone else say, uh, uh, it was a news report that said he also thought that, uh, that Taylor Swift was stalking him. Now, you know, Taylor Swift was stalking me for a while, but I got a restraining <laughs> order against her. But no, I mean, this guy's obviously nuts. So, okay, so they did the right thing. They took the guns away from the Waffle House guy. So they take his guns away, but law enforcement doesn't take the guns. They, they force this guy to surrender his weapons, and he surrenders them to a family member. Well, that family member happened to be his dad. He lived above his dad's business. And for whatever reason, his dad thought it'd be a good idea to let him have his guns back. No, no, dad, not a very good idea. Not a very good idea at all. So that's another thing that um, uh, it, it, we want to, we or the anti-gun folks or, or the folks who get emotional about these things, they want to put so much, they want to invest so much into into legislation, into law enforcement, and not, not local law enforcement, but from a federal level. 
They want more they, government, right? More government, more control, more regulations, background checks, gun hole loophole, you know, la, 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 all this crap that we hear every time. But if we look really at these four or five mass shooting events, the government failed every single time In they failed, levels. every yeah. single time they failed, which to me is an argument for in favor of the Second Amendment. Because if your argument on the anti-gun side is, let's have more rules that only the government should have guns, only police officers should have guns, only the military should have guns, then as private citizens, what do we do to protect ourselves? How can we protect ourselves? There is no protection. We have nothing. We have nothing. So if we put it in the hands of the feds and they fail us, which they did in these four or five cases that overtly failed us, it's not, well, Hey, you know, maybe they should have. No, hell no. It was clear. At least in my eyes, it's clear. Now, I wasn't there. I don't know the details. I didn't interview the guy. I wasn't the the field agent that went out there and talked to this dude. I wasn't the officer that knocked on his door. I didn't take the report. You know, I don't know exactly what happened. But common sense would dictate, and Gary, you're welcome to, to weigh in on this because you know more about it than either one of us. But, you know, in the case of if someone... If an individual calls and says, hey, you know, my family member or my brother or or whoever has got guns and he's talking about shooting folks up, I mean, what do you guys typically do? I mean, what's the what's the procedure? on? Well, we would go out and talk to him, but I think it ought to go a step further than that. I think we ought to be able to seize his guns and just put him at the police department in the property room until. He's been evaluated. Right. Uh, Maybe even therapy or something. Yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> it ought to be. I think it ought to be able to be forced mm-hmm. um, with the courts. Yeah. And uh, it would have to go through the courts, of course, because the police don't have that kind of power. And I'm sure over. that would tax our courts a whole lot because it seems like they can't. I don't think it would happen that often, though. I mean, but I think that it ought to. It ought to send a clear message. Yes, we do need to send that, a message. That this person made these threats. And now they don't have their weapons at all. And they can't purchase them Did y'all see an increase? Because I do know, like, whenever the media started just playing this crap and making it so big that um, I had a friend in um, down in Woodsboro, I had another friend in San Antonio, they were getting letters and calls from the school saying somebody's threatening to shoot kids. And it was, like, Mm -hmm. going everywhere. Like, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, these kids felt empowered to shoot or threatened to shoot and and the media was fueling it because oh, they were giving them this know, negative publicity. Right. After Parkland, there was, I mean, remember even locally here on the news, I saw Just probably two, three, four reports quarter, in yeah. the space of two or three days that, that kids were doing that. You know, I... So what do you do in a situation like well, that? Well, what do you do? But I think that, well, that requires some more thorough investigation. Now, if we think about all of the... All of the threats that were made post-Parkland just here in Houston, from what I remember, I don't think any of them turned out to be... Anything. Anything. They weren't real. It was just, it was just kids seeking. being... Right. Yeah. These kids being kids. You know, but acting when, stupid, saying something stupid. But that being said, yeah. that's a pretty damn serious thing to say, even being stupid. And like taking a, anything. I and, wonder and if... therapy or whatever courts would give them time, right? To Right. But I wonder if... We started getting serious about that and immediately taking action, taking their guns, putting them in the Webster property room or whatever police department property room, and they can't get them back. We get a court order to sign on that, 
And how long, if we send that kind of a message, how, how many more threats and, and what are we going to start get, are yeah. we going to get? I mean, seems like people would be like, oh, well, heck, they're serious about this. Well, yeah, and if, it, if, the, if the legislation, like you're talking about it, if the, uh, um, the law was enforced to where you took every, let's say a 17-year-old a makes a threat. Mm-hmm. A 17-year-old technically does not own oh, no, any guns, guns right. because they're not— but if dad's got a bunch of guns in the house, if you took every firearm, every weapon out of the house, as a dad, if if I didn't know that, my, well, I'd feel bad as a dad if my kid was saying some crazy <laughs> crap like that. I mean, that's on me. But, uh, you know, if you got a kid that's acting up, if dad gets all his guns taken away, you would think he's going to be pretty pissed off. Oh, so yeah. in addition to the child ha- having to be adjudicated somehow through the court system and through a mental evaluation to see if, hey, is this just a kid acting out or is he really serious? Is he really a danger? Sort right. of like an evaluate, like a 72-hour hold for suicide. For those mm-hmm. guys you don't know, if uh, if a uh, if law enforcement or, or any first responders, paramedics, EMS makes contact with an individual and that person says, I'm going to kill myself, it's done. It's over. They're going. Mm-hmm. They're out. There's no option. Yeah, they don't just go, well, I'll tell you To Ben Tobb. They yep. go straight there. Yeah, they go straight there. There is mm-hmm. no, we're not talking to, no, I was just kidding. No, I didn't really mean that. Uh, too late. So, and I, I just couldn't see going after the parents' guns because, I mean. Well, you would have to because if the kid is 17, the yeah. kid doesn't own any guns. But so, the parent's not at fault, technically. So legally. But but what would you do if you left the, if a 17-year-old. Because that seems like that it's a step further than um, in your rights, well, too. Well, I think, I think it is, but where do kids get guns? They don't go and buy them. They don't have jobs. They they usually steal them or they take them from their parents or they, they obtain them illegally. So if a 17 year old kid is in the house and let's say that I have a 17 year old kid that's nuts. that's in my house. I got guns. I got a lot of guns in my house. But you keep them locked up then. um, Yes, I do for the most part, but a 17 year old boy that was intent on getting something would when I'm not home, I mean, it's possible for them to to get to it. So if if I'm a parent and, and law enforcement makes contact with me and says, hey, Tony Jr., who's not a real person, by the way, <laughs> but Tony Jr. is talking about shooting up a school, so we're going to take all your guns, that would come as a total shock and total surprise to me, to which I would respond, yes, take them, take every gun I have, lock them up, keep them safe, let me get his ass straight, and then when we do either through a mental evaluation or through the courts or whatever steps. Mental hospital, something. Whatever, yeah. Or somebody figures out, you know, he talks to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, and they say, well, no, you know what, it's um, it's it's just he's just talking. He's not really going to act. I, I guarantee you that problem. would definitely inspire the, the parents to take a step to make sure their kids are. And that's what I'm saying. With the yeah. danger of the parents getting, it, it puts more responsibility yeah. on the parents so i, I would that. yeah and i would you i think as a parent you have to accept i could see a lot of mad parents about it I would, that didn't want to do what, anything to deal with it in the first place i'd be mad as hell if i had to give up my guns because my yeah. kid was acting stupid yeah but I, that'd make me make them act right and because you love your babies and you want right. to make sure that they're sure we want healthy. the best for our kids but yeah. at the same time if you're if your child has a uh you know some kind of problem either if it's you know and i'm not saying it's all a mental thing maybe the child is being bullied maybe they're being picked on and they don't know how to cope with that there's a lot of things that cause uh children to act out i'm not a child psychologist 
Um, I do watch a lot of Dr. Phil, though. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, there are, there are a lot of things. But in, in figuring that out as a parent, one, I would want my child to be okay. I would want my child to be safe uh, because a, a mentally – well, I want to say mentally ill, but, yeah, if we're talking about mental illness, a, a mentally ill or so, some kind of emotionally defective or affected child, either through bullying or – early signs of mental illness or overt signs of mental illness, that kid is not going to get better if left untreated and unchecked as an right. adult. They're going to get progressively worse. They're going to have a bad life. They're going to end up so, in jail or hurt. So I would want my kids to to have a better path and to know that there's something out there. So I would say, yeah, please take my guns and lock them up and let's get Tony Jr. figured out. And then I'll take my guns back. Just we'll taking it a step further, though, be because of our Second Amendment right. And this scenario that you're talking about, and we have these far left people saying, take their guns, they're crazy. They'd be doing the same thing that you're saying because we will be safer because they truly believe that. No, they do. But saying somebody's they're crazy. They're using it, that same argument well, to try to take our guns. No, you're right. Um, you're right. And I understand what you're saying. But just, just so we don't like because it's a good point to make. That, no, you set them up for a uh, um, for, for an easy gun grab. Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take a break here for just a second, but we're gonna we're gonna this is getting good. So uh, so stay with us. Bullet yeah. points on Vinyl Draft Radio. Bold, informative, and thankful for the Second Amendment. This is Bullet Points on Vinyl Draft Radio. Welcome back to Bullet Points on Vinyl Draft Radio. I am your host, Tony Ashcraft. With me, Joanna Wilson, Patriot Defense, and Officer Gary Wirt of the Webster Police Department. Before the break, we were talking about what could we do? How could we have law enforcement um, interact with individuals? I mean, is there a way? Obviously, you know, we... We want people that make genuine threats, as these folks did, you know, Parkland, Pulse nightclub shooting. Something needs to happen if there's Something a, a does threat. need to happen. I mean, uh, you know, law enforcement needs to take action. And, uh, guys, you know, most of the time, when I say law enforcement, I'm not, I'm not picking on the front line guys, you know, the day-to-day. The guys are in the patrol cars, the guys that roll up and knock on people's houses. You know, um, I think that I think that a lot of times this – it's hard to say what it is, what it is, but but certainly um, there needs to be another tool that law enforcement could use in order to slow down some of these potential bad actors. So one of the things that we touched on was uh, one of the ideas we were kind of kicking around was, um, you know, if uh, if your teenage son, teenage daughter is acting up and threatens to shoot a school or, 